Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Deep Dive podcast. Every week on the Deep Dive podcast, we have amazing, fascinating, interesting guests, and we just sit down and we talk about we talk about life, we talk about faith, we talk about uh, living in a small town, we talk about all kinds of things, but my favorite thing about this podcast is that the people that we have on this podcast, as amazing and interesting and fascinating as they are, they're probably people who live down the street from you. They may be your neighbors, they may they may live on your block, they, you, you may sit next to them at church. And so, so every week, it's like that, we have awesome, interesting people, and today, I'm really excited because uh, I have... My friend Julia Smith here in the in the podcast uh, in our fancy podcast studio. Julia, what do you think of this? It's pretty uh, pretty fancy in here, isn't it? It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's not at all. But Julie is in here with me. Julie has been a long time member at uh, First Baptist Church Shallow Water. She has taught Sunday school here for years and years. She's been involved in service in a variety of different ways. And if you've been around our church. Uh, for any amount of time, uh, you probably run into Julie at some point. Uh, if you've been to one of our, if you've been to one of our fellowship dinners, you've probably eaten something that Julie has cooked or baked, and so, uh, so she has. Uh, she's a, a precious member of our church for a long time, and so I'm super excited for for us to have a conversation and for you guys to get to know a little bit more about her. Julie, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? What are the, what are some things that folks ought to know about Julie Smith? What are some things they ought to know? Well, <clears throat> I was born right after Pearl Harbor in 1941, which right. will make me 82 years old. 82 years young. This yes. December. Right. And um, uh, my folks lived at Brownfield. Okay. My dad was drafted uh-huh. into the war, and I didn't see him for about four years. Right. And uh, then uh, uh, when he came back from the war, he heard of this little place near Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. That a lumber yard needed a carpenter to work. Okay, at all right. And so, in February of 1948, my dad moved to Shallowater and went to work for one of the lumber yards. Then was called Hickenbotham Bartlett Lumber oh, Company. Okay. And in May, my mother and my grandmother and my brother and I moved into a house that he had built here in Shallowater right. uh, for us. And the first thing my mother did, though, was find the Baptist church. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so so in, in, in the summer of 1948, I went to vacation Bible school oh, man. at First Baptist Church Shallowwater, which was a little tiny building that sits probably where... Oh, uh, the baptistry is. <laughs> yeah, right. In, in, the, in the rock, in the auditorium now. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, it was small, but the congregation was small. And, uh, and uh, we worshiped there until, oh, I can't remember, 53, something, uh-huh. like, yeah, that, something like that. That we built the other auditorium, and we thought we had all died and gone to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> we had good seating and, and good lighting and heating and air conditioning and plenty of Sunday school classrooms. And um, uh, in the summer of uh, 1950, I was introduced to GAs. Okay. 
Yeah. And I went to camp at Florida and we slept in a tent. <laughs> the next year we slept in a tent also, but it came a terrific storm. Yeah. And we wound up sleeping in motels in Florida. <laughs> and the next year, the men of the church and other men in the community, including my dad, uh, went and built us a cabin. And so for all those years, I belonged to GAs. Yeah. And I went through all the steps from maiden through queen regent and service. Yeah. And those ladies gave me a background of scripture that I learned. That's some scripture I still know. Yeah. And they also taught me the power of prayer. Right. Yeah. And uh, some of those ladies were like Miss Luck and Miss Campbell and Tommy Noblet and Doreen Dulaney, yeah, who's yeah. still a member here, uh -huh. and uh, and uh, and Pat Stanton, and a lot of those ladies are gone, but they were a big influence on my life, right? And uh, in in those days, and then I went to YWAs too. I was involved in Sunday school, and we had training union back in those days. That's right. Yeah, I remember. I, I went to training yeah, union when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, when, and then when I was thirteen, I was asked to join the adult choir. Yeah. And so I have sung in a choir since I was 13 years 13 old years until old. three about three years ago. Yeah. Since, and I uh, loved singing in the choir. Mm -hmm. it, it became part of my ministry. Sure. And all. And um, um, in July of 1953, when I was 10 years old, we were having a revival. Yeah. And I, and I had on a little green dress my mother had made me, and I was sitting on the front row. And they were playing, wherever he leads, I'll go. Mm. And I stepped out and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Yeah. And I have followed him basically all the rest of my life. There's times I know he's been disappointed in me. Sure. But, you know, he's a loving and a forgiving God. And he, he is. And he uses us. So thinking back on that moment in 1953, you know, it was, it was you know, one or two. So not, not that long ago, you know, 70 yeah, years ago. 70 so. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thinking back on that moment in, in 1953, um, what was it about that moment that, that, that caused you to understand, hey, I need, I need to do this? Like, do, do, you, do you remember what, what was it that led you to know Man, I, it's time for me to make this commitment. It's time for me to do this. Well, I had felt the tug from the year before. All my friends, a lot of my friends had joined the church the year before, but my mother said, no, let's wait a little bit. Right, and, right, right. I think you maybe you're just doing it because your friends are doing That's it. That's right, yeah. But, you know, that, that tugging in my heart was still there. Right. And uh, during that, that was in July, and all that spring I had felt, that call and it was just something about during that revival that I deliberately sat on the front seat that night. Right. And the minute the invocation was given, I stepped out because my heart was about to pound out of my chest. That's right. You were ready. I was ready. And yeah. and back in those days, uh, uh, you were baptized just pretty quick. And, uh -huh. Yeah. And I was baptized in that beautiful baptistry yeah, uh -huh. that's no longer there. But I think if you go upstairs and peep around the corner in the closet, you can <laughs> still see that baptistry. So, uh, is it, now, was that the one that was in the old, where the children's ministry is now? Where the children's now? ministry yeah, is now. Right. So anyway, and, uh, uh, 
they were going to try to save it, but it had been done on sheetrock and couldn't be saved, uh, so they just left it. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's right. So anyway, but in, uh, uh, me and one other lady were baptized that day. 1953. 1953. Wow. So, long time ago. That's, so, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so, you know, and, uh, and I was involved in everything there was to be involved in. Sure. And uh, my junior year... We had a Spanish mission. I don't know if you knew that we had a Spanish no, mission didn't. at one time. Yeah. Yes. And um, I played the piano. Oh, good. Yeah. For my for my, the, my my whole junior year, and then at my senior year, I got so busy that I decided to to give that up. And I'd come to Sunday school, and then I would run over there. And, yeah. And play, uh-huh. and uh, and because I didn't speak Spanish during his preaching, I would go work in the nursery. Yeah. Uh, with the young women and their babies, and yeah. so that was that was a, that was a good experience for me. I used to could play a little. <laughs> well, sounds like it. So you, so I love. I, here's uh, there's several things that I love about your story, and um, I love that you you know you kind of grew up in the church. Yes. I mean, you you guys were were super involved, and you know I love that you said you're. First thing that happened when you moved to Shallow Waters, your mom went and found the Baptist church. Yes. I love that. So, uh, but there is something about that, right? When, you know, when, when we as parents really make faith a consistent part of our family's lives, then, um, then, you know, the, our children are just, you know, um, you know, they're, they're subjected to that, right? From an early age and they, and they're drawn, drawn to make that commitment to Christ. There's not really anything that's more important for a child in their faith development than watching the faith of their parent, you right. know? And, uh, and so when, when, when we make that a priority in our family, our kids notice that. And they also notice when we don't too, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, talk a little bit about your parents, if you would. So your dad's a veteran and he served, yeah. what branch did you say he served in? He was in the army and he, uh, he worked in the engineer's. Oh, okay. He yeah. built bridges and they blowed them up and then Yeah, and then you build another build it and then they <laughs> blow it up again. And so but he learned the carpenter trade. Right. So so my parents had both been married before. My my mother's first husband died when she was twenty two and oh, man. she had buried a husband and two babies and had a, a nine month old baby when he died. Wow. At twenty two. She had buried a husband and two babies. And had a nine-month-old wow. baby, so she went back and lived on the farm and drove mules. Uh-huh. And my dad had been married before, and his wife, first wife, had a daughter that was two when they married, and she was already married and had two kids when mom and dad married. But she had tuberculosis, and at that time they kept him in a sanitarium, right, in Tubingen. And on the way back, he came by to visit his brother, who was. Married to someone that was kin to my mother, uh-huh. and he never left. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so they they married, and they had me. Uh-huh. And um, so they, you're the oldest child from their marriage. I'm the only child they had okay. together. So, All right. So, so and then you have, and uh, my and my brother was in the service, and, and in 1954, he was 21, killed in a car wreck. Oh. And so I was basically raised as an only child. As an only child. Because my sister, my stepsister already had three children. Right. Yeah, she, she was older. two older than me and one just right under me. So, uh-huh. so wow. she married as a child, too. 
Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So anyway, and so, and mother owned a cafe here in town. Uh huh. And she, when she sold it, she worked at the supermarket, and then later on in life, she worked at the school cafeteria. Okay. As a cook. Yeah. And uh, my dad was a carpenter contractor, and that's right. all he ever did. He belonged to the Masons and the Lions Club. And part of my story, in later on in 1963, uh, he did join the church. And yeah. So I graduated in 1960, and I married my high school sweetheart. Okay. In, in October of 1960. And in 61, I had my first son, Stacy. Uh-huh. And... Um, in 1963, we were having a revival, and my husband thought that the Lord had called him to preach. Wow, okay. And so uh, he surrendered to preach. And in that same revival, my dad joined the church Man, after all those years. After all those years. And my mom said, he's just like you. He's there every time the door's open now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. So, but he had always been faithful to be there with me. Uh-huh. So, and so had he had he surrendered his, like he he become a Christian before he just hadn't joined here. He just he after the war he just didn't want anything to do with didn't the want church. To go to church. Wow. Yeah. But he became a, a staunch member of this church after, right. after that, and so the Lord had to do some healing. Had to in do his some heart healing first. in his heart. Yes. So. And so then we went off to Brownwood, and that didn't work out. And from there we moved. To Honey Grove and back here and back there and back here and back there. And was your husband preaching at that time? He preached for a while and then he just and then he just quit. Yeah, he just quit. And I've always felt like that the reason that we moved so much and had to move so much is that he was running away from a call. Mm, yeah. And when you run away from God, so. You feel restless all the time. Restless when it, when, all if the God's time. called you to so, do something and you're not doing it, you you know. So, it, and he had a hard time holding the job. Yeah. I mean, and so we moved and and uh, we moved a lot. And then in uh, 1964, when we were living in Honey Grove, I lost a little girl oh. at six and a half months, which in this day and age, a baby that carried that long can be saved right but she passed away and yeah. uh and the thing about that was my home church <laughs> the church i grew up in yeah gave me all the support and love and prayer and kindness right during that time that got me through that because i was very heartbroken i'm sure and well, y'all y'all weren't living in shallow water no at that we time. were living in honey grove wow and honey but you're but this church this still, church this church where my parents went to church wow uh, still supported me and sent me cards and love and flowers and and notes and and wow. and, and supported me and Probably a lot of those same ladies that taught you in GAs and yes, sang yes, in the choir yes, with yes. you. You know what I mean? Probably yes, a lot of those yes, same folks. Yes, yes, Wonderful. This church has always been that mm -hmm. kind of church. And so and so we continued to move back and forth and back and forth. And then in 1965, then I had my second child, uh -huh. Dee. And uh, we still continued to move and move and move. And... Uh, uh, we moved back out here, and um, 
and then we moved back. And we lived in one place called Salina, Texas uh-huh. for six years. Yeah. Six years. And uh, and I got involved in the church there. Um, I was the GA leader. The GA. There the you go. The GA leader. You're passing that legacy on. An That's assistant awesome. Sunday school teacher. Uh-huh. And, uh, and um, they didn't have a choir. And so anyway, and then... And I was also a den mother, and I made lots of wonderful friends in that yeah. town. And then all of a sudden, we had to leave. Yeah. Uh, under some circumstances, we had to leave. And in the process of moving, my dad got real sick, and so we came out here. And someone went in and stole nearly everything we had. Oh, no. So we had to start all over, and uh, and it was okay. It was okay because God provided Right. What what we needed. And um, uh, while we were in Salina, I had my third little boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Joel. Uh-huh. So anyway, and so uh, uh, when we left Salina, we came back and we were at Lorenzo a year and Adelou a year. And we were working at the gin and I worked at the gins too. Uh-huh. And then we moved to Clarendon and that really didn't work out. But when we moved to Clarendon, I met this lady who was going to beauty school. Uh-huh. And uh, I was going to beauty school when I found out I was pregnant with Joel, and right. so I didn't go. Yeah. And so uh, I went out and talked to the college, and there was no way that I could afford to go. And so that night I prayed about it, and the next morning the lady called me, and she said, oh, by the way, you qualify for a, for a, a loan. Oh, wow. And so I started beauty school uh-huh. that, in that fall of 73, uh-huh. and when the next semester rolled around, she, they came and told me that I'd been given a grant. Wow. You know, thank God doesn't provide. Yeah. And, and, and for you to come to the future. Right. Something that's going to happen to you in, in the future. Yeah. And so um, I went to beauty school. Man. Second highest in the class. And I was the oldest lady in there. <laughs> That's awesome. And 30, 34 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Anyway, uh, and uh, uh, and then um, the boy's dad got a job at a gin at Barwise, which is over by Florida. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was no place to work in a beauty shop. So, right. So Julia went back to the gin office. Right. And yeah. ran the gin office that, that fall. And then... We were asked to leave uh, in December after the gin, gin season was over. We were asked to leave. And I moved back to Shallowater. Yeah. On January 1st, 1976, I moved my, my moved back to Shallowater. Yeah. And Stacy looked at me and he said, if we don't quit moving, I'm never going to get to play <laughs> high school football, right. Mom. And yeah. Because back then they had rules. You That's know. right. Yeah. And so I said, okay, we'll just see what we'll do. And so we prayed about it. And How old was he at that time? He, he, oh, he would be a sophomore. He was a freshman. Okay, okay, about to be a sophomore. About yeah. to be a sophomore. So that's why he was saying, I don't, yeah. he knew he was going to have to play uh-huh. uh, JV ball his sophomore year. Right. He, so anyway, and so he, um, uh, so I went to work in Lubbock at a beauty shop, uh-huh. and I heard that there was a beauty shop for sale in Shallow Water. In Shallow Water. In Shallow Water, uh-huh. down on Avenue J. Yeah. 
And so I went and I bought a beauty shop. Uh-huh. Had to do a lot of praying and a lot of finagling with the banker to get a loan. Yeah. But I got it. Wow. And I opened up that beauty shop on February the 3rd, 1976. Wow. I was there 18 months, and the Lord opened the door for me to buy a bigger beauty shop downtown. Yeah. Uh Right next door to where, where Sweet Curry is now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there was a beauty shop, and I bought that beauty shop. And I was there 18 months. And in June of 1980, I moved into the building at 603 Clovis Road uh-huh. and was there 36 years. 36 years. Wow. Got to buy the building uh-huh. and all. And, and all through that, God opened up the doors for me to do that. Right. And in 1976, I did, in 1979, I did divorce the boy's dad. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you kind of talked, you know, it's clear that as you were talking, like there were some really painful moments in there where you guys, you know, when you're, when you're at Clarendon and you were leaving when you came back here. So it sounds like you guys really went through some painful seasons in your life as a family during that time. We did. We did. But, you know, God was always faithful. And even though we moved a lot, I always found a church. The sure. boys and I always went to church. I didn't always get as involved in some of them as I did at Salina. Right. But I always found a place to go and worship. And some of the places where we moved welcomed us with open arms. And some places looked down their noses at us. Right, right. And um, uh, because my husband worked for a gin, they thought we were... Yeah, l- l- the lower class, lower class right. of people. So, yeah, you know. And but anyway, uh, we survived, and um, my three sons graduated from Shallowater High School, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they've all they all three married. Uh-huh. Stacy married Robin Trulock, and they had two children. Yeah, uh, Dee married uh, a lady, and. They had three boys, and they're divorced and have been divorced for several years. And back in March, he married a lady named Jessica, uh-huh. and that brought a big family with her. Yeah. And then uh, uh, my younger son, Joel, married uh, Courtney Kendrick, and they have two kids. And one is married, and one is going to get married. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so before we were talking, you were telling me, you estimated, because there's a lot, but to how many grandkids and great-grandkids that you have? How many was it? There's there's 20, uh, 20, uh, no, no, and there are seven, I believe there's 17 grands and spouses, and then there's 25 great-grands now, since, since you count... Jessica's. Yeah, that's Jess, a, Jessica brought ten with her. Oh, awesome! <laughs> that that is a lot. So anyway, and uh, so if we got together, there's forty five of us. Wow! So we have we were big really, family. We're big family. Now then, uh, to continue my story, uh-huh. uh, I did this little lady's hair. Right. And she kept telling me about this wonderful son she had, <laughs> who really did need a wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, he really did need somebody to take care of him. Uh-huh. Then she'd go home from me doing her hair and tell him, "She's raised those kids by herself. She sure does need somebody." So, and 
in in February of 1985, uh-huh. Miss Smith died. Yeah. And a month later, Kenneth Smith, who's three years younger than me and one of my best friend's little brothers, yeah. asked me out on a date. Oh, wow. And and we dated for 18 months. In the mm-hmm. meantime, uh, my dad, my dad, my dad, I forgot to tell you that in, that my dad in, uh, I can't remember the year now, my dad had cancer and was paralyzed mm. and he was an invalid for 11 years. Oh, wow. Mom kept him at home five years and then in a home for six years. Mm-hmm. And he passed away. Kenneth's mother died in February of 85 and my dad died in November of 85. Wow. And then the boy's dad died in March of 86. Man. Uh, so that was a rough, rough year. It was a rough, rough year, and and uh, of course Kenneth had the two girls, uh-huh. uh, Andrea and Jamie, and they were younger than Joel, and uh, and then on in September, one Saturday night, he said, "Let's go shopping." Yeah. So we went to the mall and we picked out a ring. <laughs> And we were married the next Sunday morning. That's what I'm talking about. He didn't waste any time. He didn't waste any time once he made up his mind. We were married this next Sunday morning at 12.15 by Walter Goodnight at the church. Yeah. And Hap Covington had to move some people over so that our family could come in and sit. And nobody left. The whole congregation. Oh, they just stayed after the church service. That's so awesome. The whole entire congregation stayed. Uh, they were ready for us to get married. That's so good. And they were they were so wonderful to us, and uh, and so happy for us. And uh, they uh, uh, and then a hundred of those people went with us to eat at, at, at it was called K Bob's, I think, but it's gone yeah, now. Yeah, I remember K Bob's. Oh, they, they had those everywhere. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it was a it was a it, and and. We had about hundred people just go wow. eat with just us. Just went to lunch. Just went to lunch. Oh, but those with... people from K Bob's are like, "What is going on?" Well, I'm at, I, we had to make a reservation. Oh, good. So, okay. And and Miss Hap Covington, Jesse Covington, uh, made us a wedding cake. Oh, and, that's awesome. Uh, so it it was a really nice day. And so talk about if you could, you know, thinking back on you know particularly those difficult times that you went through in your family. What is it like looking back on them now? What do you feel like um, God taught you as you were walking through those seasons? You know, with with your with your family. What are some things that you felt like the Lord was doing in your heart and was teaching you as you were as you were kind of navigating all of that? One of the things I've been able to do is, uh, at one time here in the church, there were several young women that lost a baby. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was able to share with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you get through that, right. how, how you move on. Uh-huh. And, and and it's not easy. And no. then uh, after much counseling, uh, the counselor told me about this little book called Growing Through Divorce. And, uh-huh. and I've been able, there for several years, I was able to share that. Right. That little book, I'd go buy, I bought a bunch of those little books and shared it with people. Mm-hmm. That that we're going through a divorce to yeah. help them get through it. You can't pass it on because you have to answer questions. Right? Yeah, yeah. It. It's a workbook. It's yeah. a workbook for you to work through growing through divorce. And uh-huh. 
uh, through it all, God's God's been there. Uh, during this this during all this difficult time, God gave me a song, and it's called "One Day at a Time." Oh yeah, I remember that. I'm song. only human. I'm just a woman. Lord, help me uh, to be help me to help me to be what I forgot the words. Show me the way. Yeah, give me the, give me the strength to, to do, do every, every day. day what I have to do. Yeah. Yesterday's gone, and tomorrow may never, never be mine. Yeah. Lord, help me today. Show me the way, one day at a time. Yep. And more people ask me to sing that song for them mm-hmm. through the years than any other song I ever sang. Yeah. And, um, so uh, when I moved back to Shellwater, the first person at my door was the choir director. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> It's what I and the other thing I love about your story, Julie, is that you're and it, because one one of the things that I think in our day and age that it's difficult for us to kind of get our heads around or maybe we just don't know about. Not as many people stay in one place for as long, you know, anymore, and so that's part of it. But 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 being in a community of faith, like your community of faith that you had when you were a child. That community of faith continued to love and to support you all throughout your life as you were moving all over these places and you were going through all these different things, and 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 that was really a a, a family for you. For right. and so then when when you move back and your your family's in crisis, you're moving back with your boys, your single mom. You know what I mean? Um, and they just kind of wrapped their arms around you and just and just loved on you and uh, and helped you helped you get on your feet and. And I just think that's beautiful. I, I really do. And uh, so sometimes we, you know, sometimes we kind of think about, I don't know, church or as something that's uh, maybe uh, ancillary part of our lives, maybe not not necessarily, uh, you know, not necessary, not important, something that we do that kind of makes it a little better or helps. But in your story, we don't hear that. In your story, we hear that, that, that those communities of faith that you were in over those years were absolutely vital to you and 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 the reason why you were able to keep going and keep moving forward in your life and in your faith was because of these people who loved you over all those years and yes. i just think that's i think that's really beautiful so yes yes and and and, and you know they set a lot of examples for right. me right yeah they 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 did and uh, um you know life's not always easy no it's not always a bed of roses mm mm-hmm. But, you know, God God says, whatever happens, whatever comes, he's going to be with you. And That's right. So, you know, my favorite scripture is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding in all your ways. Mm-hmm. Not just the good ways. That's right. But the bad ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And right. I look back and he's directed my path. Even when I made wrong miscues in That's my right. life and did things that. We're not pleasing to him. Um, he still took care of me, and he right. still loved me, and and he led me in the right direction. Now, now when Kenneth and I married, Kenneth was teaching the men's Sunday school class. Okay, all right. <laughs> and shortly after that, I started teaching the sunshine class. Okay, which I was a member of. Yeah, and uh, so I started teaching five year olds when I was nineteen. Right. Because there weren't any couples classes back right. then. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then, uh, uh, and and then I, I taught sunshine class for a number of years, and then I quit. And then these 
wonderful, godly ladies uh-huh. that had taught me came to me, two especially, Jewel Allen and Stella Anglin. And I don't know whether you've ever heard of their names or not, but they were the pillars. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they came to me, and they were members of what was called the Homemakers Class. Uh-huh. And they came to me, and they said, you're not teaching anywhere, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm president of my class. Well, we've prayed about it, and we need a teacher. And God told us that you're to be our teacher. <laughs> and I said, I can't teach y'all. Y'all taught me. And, that's right. And besides that, that's my mother's Sunday school class. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, well, you just go home and talk to your mother, and you pray about it. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and talked to my mother. And she said, you don't want to be there with us old women. You yeah. need to be with young people. Uh-huh. But, you know, God said, Julia, right. that's where you belong. Yeah, yeah. was the most wonderful group of ladies I ever taught. Yeah. And then there was another class called Bicoda. Uh-huh. And the homemakers changed their class, the name of their class to love, because they said, we're not homemakers anymore. We're <laughs> just lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and so the truth class dwindled down to nearly nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I had six and they had six because those ladies had all gone home. Right, yeah. Gone home. Uh-huh. And so we combined the classes and I told Flossie Duncan, I said, well, you can teach and I'll be substitute. And she said, oh, no, honey, that's not the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> going to do it. That's awesome. She said, I will do all the visitation and all that if you'll just teach. And I said, okay. And so, and the, and that class dwindled and the class built up again. And, you know, I taught that class 25 years. Wow. And finally, in two years ago, uh, it got down to where there was just two of us. Mm-hmm. And the Lord told me it's time to shut the door. Yeah. And I went upstairs to listen to Dora teach. Right. And then Dora got sick. My best friend. Yeah. My my dear friend, Dora. Dora Potter. Yeah, Dora for Potter. Th- those of you listening, if you don't know Dora Potter, you you should. So, She's one in a million. She she and I have been friends since we were 16 and 18. Wow. And so um, uh, Dora resigned, and the class asked me if I would teach. And I said, well, I really hadn't planned on teaching again. Mm-hmm. And so I prayed about it, prayed about it. Well, I had plans for that whole summer because Kenneth, the love of my life, had That's just right. died. Yeah, he passed away. He passed away. Uh, he he had been sick for a number of years, but the last the last two years he developed dementia mm-hmm. and Parkinson's, and the last three months he really got got bad. In the last thirteen days, he I had to put him in the nursing home. But I'll come back to that in a minute because mm. there's something else I want to say about yeah, that. Yeah, and 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 so I told him yes. I went home and prayed about it, and and I did take the class. Mm. And we're we're doing Isaiah. All right. Which is the hardest thing I've ever taught. <laughs> so, and they're a wonderful class, yeah. and uh, and uh, and a big class, and a growing class, and so we're sixty plus, but. But we're a good class, and yeah. so very faithful ladies. They so, are. Yeah. To go back to Kenneth, uh, the last the last few days he lived, he was in a lot of pain. Mm. And uh, on the Sunday night before he died, Kenneth was a praying man, mm-hmm. and he asked me, "Will you bring my anointing oil and anoint me?" Mm. And I said, "Yes, I'll bring your anointing oil." And so on that Sunday night, we prayed together one last time. 
and I, with his anointing oil. And then he looked at me and he said, baby, will you sing one more time Beulah Land? And I sang Beulah Land to him. I kissed him goodbye and I went home. And he never spoke to me again, mm. but he always grinned at me with that sweet little grin. Yeah. And on Friday night, he called me that he had gone mm-hmm. to his Beulah land. Yeah, yeah. And when I answered the phone, there was a dove sitting on my shoulder, mm. and he flew away. Mm. And to me, that's a God thing telling me that everything's all right. Right, right, right. So... So even in the midst of losing the love of my life, right. God was there with me. That's right. His pre- I mean, in a physical, like he gave you a sign. He physically. gave me a physical sign. Yeah. So I, guess I, I, I know there wasn't a dove on my shoulder, mm. but I saw that dove fly off my shoulder right. telling me life was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. And it, it, and it has been. I mean, has the been. Lord has continued to be faithful and, yes. and use you and and all kinds of amazing, you know, uh, ways that he's still working through you and still doing things in your life. And so, man, that's so, you know, together we were involved in so many things right. in the church, the choir, the committees. Uh, the, I was the prayer team minister mm-hmm. and he was on he was on the committees and he even worked here at the church for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so we were really involved here with the church and with with people. Well, it makes it, you know, when you have, when you have two people, a married couple that are both committed to loving and to serving Jesus too, that makes all the difference in the world. It really does. And, um, and yeah, I, you know, I, of course, by the time I was the pastor here, he he wasn't around a whole lot because his health had, had declined, you know, quite a bit, but the times where I did see him, you, you could just tell he had a really, really sweet spirit about him. And the stories, of course, that everybody tells her, you know, <laughs> that he, you know, he was, he was really one of those guys who, you know, who, who kept this place going and held it up and was, and led it through even difficult times, yes. you know? Yes. And, uh, and so what a testimony, what a legacy yes. of faith. Yes. So, yeah. So. And, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, we were we were we were involved and and we were close to nearly every pastor we had and mm-hmm. and uh, that the church has had some rough times. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of them do. All of them do, and you know we've we've stayed here, right? Because this was where God intended for us to be. This was mm-hmm. our home. Yeah. So so he was my prayer partner. He yeah. was who I asked hard questions like. When I'm teaching, I say, <laughs> I say, he's not there to look it up and answer it for me now. But, but you know, and so you know, uh, it, it was a totally different relationship from my first relationship. Right. So. Yeah. And so, you know, God really blessed me with a good man. I got to tell you, you're, you, you there's so much. I have there's a soft place in my heart for your story because you know, so my mom, um, my mom just gone through when I was going into the first grade she had just gone through her second divorce and we had just come out of a abusive you know situation mm-hmm. and she was single with four kids I was the oldest one and I uh 
I was, you know, about to be first grader. So first grade, kindergarten, and then one and baby. So uh, you can't imagine. I mean, that was, you know, single mom in that kind of situation was really rough. And my mom was, you know, done with marriage. You know, she was not, <laughs> not interested in that, you know, and she just needed to raise these four boys. And we were, mm-hmm. you know. I understand that. Man, we were living in a, you know, two-bedroom apartment with my, you know, you know, five of us in this two bedroom apartment. We were just scraping by trying to make ends meet. You know, I, rem- I remember that time in my life, but that was, to be honest with you, for me, it felt like that's when I rem- that period of my life is a really wonderful memory because we had come out of a lot of real hurt and darkness. And, and so for me, it felt like, you know, the fog was lifting and I became a Christian. I was called to preach all that same year, you know? Um, but my mom met my, my dad at, uh, at First Baptist Church, Brownwood, and uh, and he, you know, he met this crazy lady with four kids. You know what I mean? He was a single guy, you know, and uh, and he married my mom and adopted me and my oldest brother, and it's been my dad my whole life, you know, and um, and then they had another child, so there's five of us boys, but um, but I just anytime I, I talk to folks who've done that single mom journey, you know. I, I had a front row seat. I was young, you know, mm-hmm. but I had a front row seat for how that, how that worked. And, and it was hard, you know, and, uh, and I'm so grateful to my mom for the way that she, that she loved us and the way that she like, um, the way that she pursued her faith, even through all of that, you know, she, you know, it was hard, you know, she was, she felt a lot of, she felt a lot of shame. She felt a lot of, you know, but, but, those people at First Baptist Church Brownwood loved her and accepted her and sowed into her and poured into her. And 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 she had this amazing ministry for her whole life singing. She's a singer too. Uh made a album, you know, recorded an album in Tyler one time with this guy. So she's a very talented singer. Um so a lot of familiar I mean a lot of similarity between y'all's stories, you know. Um and she had this amazing ministry. But then but then I think all my brothers and the faith that all of my brothers have in the Lord, it all goes back to my mom's faithfulness in that season of her life whenever, whenever, I mean, you really, she really could have gone one or two directions there. You know what I mean? And, but she chose, she chose to place her faith and her trust in Jesus and, and, uh, and it made all the difference. And, and, and the Lord brought people around her, you know, to love her and encourage her, which, you know, is similar to your story too, yes. but. So grateful for for that testimony from my mom, and I'm, I know your children say the same thing about you. But man, that's good. Yeah, that's same. good stuff. Good stories. Well, they, you know, their dad was never really abusive to them. He right. just he just couldn't hold a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know. well, my my father that was part of the situation there was that too. You know, so so, so just real struggle. You know. Uh, for and my mom just you know walking through all of that you know it was just so challenging you know but anyway uh, I'm grateful grateful to you for sharing your story and I want to come back to you as we close down you you quoted that scripture you know um, uh, it, it, lean not in your own understanding trust in the Lord yeah, with trust all your in the Lord heart. with all your heart lean not in your own understanding and but the part that I wanted to focus on and you focused on it too was in all your ways acknowledge Him. Yes, and he will direct your paths, and uh, and 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 you said this even you were like you acknowledge, you you acknowledge in all of your ways you acknowledge him, and it's easy for us to acknowledge him when 
our ways are good, you right. know? Right. Uh, but when we have, when we've messed up, when we've gone the wrong direction, when we've made decisions that are, that are even hurtful to his, to God's heart, you know what I mean? To acknowledge him in those ways, when we, when we figure out where we are and what we've done, to repent and to acknowledge him and to, you know, and to turn from that, that's where that really is the root of wisdom, isn't it? It really is. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and I guess when you live long enough, like you and I have, we, you know, we learn that lesson, you know, <laughs> God sows wisdom into our life when we acknowledge him in all of our ways. Yes. So thank you for that so, testimony. You see, um, I was 36. I just bought a beauty shop, right. had a car payment, a house wow. payment and kids in school. Yeah. And we never went hungry. Right. And I never missed a payment. Yeah. And that's a God thing. It is. That's the, only the Lord. My my mom was single with four kids. We were on welfare. I mean, we and food stamps and everything. She couldn't work because it cost more to take us to daycare than it would. Do you know what I mean? To, yes. For, to, to, uh, than she would make anywhere. And, uh, and just, I mean, uh, uh, impossible situation, but family that loved us and a church family that loved us and God provided for us all the way through that time. And, um, and I can see it, man. I look back and I can see his hand of provision on us and we never wanted for anything. Yes. So yeah. that's just the grace of God. My grandkids have got to ask him questions and they said, well, granddad moved so much. Nemo, how come you work so many different jobs? Uh-huh. And, and the boys say, that's cause dad moved so much. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. And so. I have worked a lot of jobs before you, before I became a beauty artist. You got a lot of experience. You got a lot of experience out there in the world. I think about all you learned though, like working at those, especially like running those gen offices and stuff, and then oh, yeah. how the Lord put that to use that when you when you had your own business. Yeah, you know the bookkeeping. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Also, so. also an accomplished baker too, though, right? Not just hair, but also, yeah, yes, also a very yes. accomplished baker. So yes, yes, that's, you, that was that was started out as a hobby, right? Uh, I did my first cake for Joel and Courtney's wedding, and uh-huh. they they want another one because I do so much better now than <laughs> I did thirty something years ago. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, if you guys, if anybody out there needs a cake for a birthday or anything, Julie is your girl, man. She can make you a. <laughs> She can make you a cake you won't soon forget. So uh, anyway, I'm, I have, I have uh, another granddaughter getting married. I have one more big one to do yeah, next yeah. year in August. So that's awesome. So anyway, so well, th- Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story and and for the encouragement and and uh, and I just I love that I love the the wisdom of you know uh, of learning to acknowledge. God in all of our ways. That's that's a really another song that that we learned right before we quit was even in the valley God is good. Mm-hmm. He yeah. carries His children through, like He said He would. Yep. Even in the valley, God is good. And that it, I know that in my own life too. You know, I've walked through some yes. some dark valleys, and uh, and you know when when I read Psalm twenty three now, it means something totally different to me because I've been in the valley uh, that felt like the shadow of death was on me. You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. I've been there, and uh, and have experienced his his hand and his provision and even his guidance. You know, through those dark places in my own life. And so, if there's if I know there's people out there listening who find themselves in a and, place like and that. And there's times when people say, "Well, I can't pray." Right. Well, God doesn't need. I sit in my chair and cried a lot of nights. Right. 
And I felt the Holy Spirit there. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to depend on God and the Holy Spirit to get you through those times. It's, it's, you know, they're there. You just have to rely on them. Well, and he doesn't need our words either, Julie. You know, the, what does it say in Romans that the the Holy Spirit, you know, intercedes for us with groans, you know, and, and so that they're, you know, even when we don't have the words, you know, uh, the, there's been times in my life too where yeah. all I had was tears. That's that was me. I just sit and cried. Yeah. But the Lord knows; He knows our hearts, and He's with us even in those dark and painful moments. We're actually about to start a new message series, uh, and it's it's uh, it's for Advent. It's for Christmas, you know, and it's, but it's called the Waiting Room. And the reason is because, you know, so much of this story of the coming of Jesus is about, um, it's about people who could see this promise, but it wasn't here yet, you know? And so they were, they were caught in this in-between, you know, kind of, kind of life. And we're still there to honestly, right? When Jesus has come, he's established his kingdom. One day he's coming to redeem it all and, and to recreate this earth. And we're going to join him in his kingdom. But, but there's this in-between time right now, right? Where we're having to navigate and we all go through these seasons in our life where where we're where we're we're waiting. We're in this place and we feel stuck or we feel lost, like the children of Israel in the wilderness, or or we're suffering like the children of Israel in exile, or we're you know what I mean? And uh but the presence of God is was always with his people, even when even when they had rebelled against him, even when they had even when they had disobeyed him. Um that his 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 hand was with them, his presence was with them, even in those moments, and it's with us too, and that's a good thing for us to remember, no matter what it is we're facing. So, man, all right, Julie, thank you so much. It's a joy to have you and to and to talk to you some more and learn a little bit about your life, and um, and I know it's going to be great for our folks to listen and be encouraged. I hope I hope you guys were encouraged by Julie's story. I know you were. There's a lot of really great things to take home from this, and. And to be encouraged by, um, if you need prayer, I just want to say maybe maybe something that we were talking about really kind of, uh, uh, you know, sparked something inside of you, and uh, and 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 there's some things that you need some some counsel on or some or some prayer for. There's a link to the description in the description of this episode. There's a link to our our prayer request line. We want you to I want you to click on that, fill out a prayer request. We have people in our church like Julia, who was on our prayer team, you know. And ran our prayer team at one point, right? But they, we have people in our church that are very serious about praying for those prayer requests. So please click on that and send it to us. If you'd like more information about our church, there's a link there in the description of this episode that you can click on too. Um, we'd love to, if you're looking for a church home, if this family that Julie was describing that loved her and cared for her all through her life, no matter what was going on, if, if you're like, boy, I wish I had that, well, look, it, first shallow waters is the place. We would love to have you. So uh, join us and, and, and be a part of what God is doing here. We would love to have you. So um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Julia, once again. And uh, next week we'll be back with another amazing, fascinating, interesting guest. Uh, maybe not quite as amazing, fascinating, interesting as Julia, but a, at least a, a amazing, fascinating, interesting guest. But until then, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. 
Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church, or if you'd just like to reach out to us, check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.